Hi, this is Jeremy Gritton, art director and story lead for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 174 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, April 22nd, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, we offer our review of the long-awaited Dead Island 2. We'll note that Sega has acquired Angry Birds developer Robio for a hefty sum. We're going to be looking ahead to some games we're excited about on the horizon, like Jedi Survivor. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It was, it's been a really chill week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that. I don't know. Nothing. Everything that I did like this whole week was just like, eh, okay, yeah. I'm chill. No stress. It was, I was like, you know, a couple of days at work, it was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But I had a really good interview this week, which I think will be kind of tied into my words of kindness. But I, so I don't want to spoil that. But um, how about you? What was your week like? It was it was not bad. Not great uh, at all. I got to do some cool stuff for our patrons, which was fun. That made yeah. me feel pretty good. Uh, and I'll, I'll share that in a few moments. But uh, it was it was a, a calm week. I put out creator talk. Um, which was nice. I had put out an interview that I'd already done, so I didn't have to do any editing. Um, nice. And so, yeah, it was a pretty good week, man. I can't complain. I can't complain. We got, a, we got our, our uh, uh, Patreon talk coming up too, huh? Yeah, we do. Xbox wrap up. That is, yeah, yeah we should record that later this week for sure. Um, what are we going to talk about? Oh, that's, I, I don't that know. One. That's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Figure so. it out. Well, Logan, who are your words of kindness this week, this week man? I see it in the notes, uh, and it brings a, uh, a smile to my face. Yeah, so uh, it's it's partly twofold. First off, I wanted I wanted to thank um, Behaving Beardly for uh, oh, doing nice. an interview with me this week for Sea of Thieves. Um, we mm-hmm. sat down, and I figured it would. I usually tell people, you know, like block out a couple hours, and and we'll we'll chat for an hour, and that way it gives a little bit of a buffer in case we need to do any technical issues, things like that, just to be on the safe side. And uh, man, we ended up sucking up not only the two hours, but a little bit more um, of, of talking, not all on on the record, but it was just it was such a good conversation with someone who's like he's one of the Sea of Thieves partners and stuff. So I had a, such a good conversation with him. Um, but then my wife uh, hit me up last night and I missed the phone call while I was I was just I can't even remember what I was doing. I was playing something, but I wasn't really paying attention to my phone and I forgot to turn off the silent mm-hmm. after work. And, um, uh, she DM'd me, um, and was like, Hey, I'm over at five below, which is a, 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 a dollar store kind of thing over here in California. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everything's $5 or below sometimes. Got it. And, and, uh, so she, she hit me up and she's like, Hey, they got a super Mario brothers movie. Do you want to pick it up? And I completely missed it. And she came home and she's like, you missed my text. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't really, I, I wasn't in that headspace." Um, so then, uh, we decided to go back to the store, which was, it was probably about 20 minutes away and it was, mm-hmm. it was, uh, but we made a whole night of it. Like we went, 
Um, we got the Super Mario Brothers movie poster, which is fantastic looking. I tweeted it out because it's so cool. And I got a really nice Star Wars one, which is like a kind of original trilogy collage of all the the characters, a really beautiful thing. Okay. And we went over to, to Michael's and got like a couple frames. And I, I made a whole night of it just like getting these these movie posters. But man, it was like, I never thought in... 20 you know 2023 i'd be married for coming up on 10 years now next week will be my anniversary and uh i'd be buying a a a mario poster with my wife and framing it like Mm -hmm. it's so 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 i had to say that was that's my words of kindness go out to my wife for being just an awesome human being uh and also behaving beardly for having such a good conversation but what about you What, what who who made your gaming week better well that story did i'll tell you that and it's funny how (laughs) When you marry the right person, those those nights of just silliness feel awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like that's a cool, cool win to have for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We had a good time. Very cool, dude. Very cool. Well, uh, I have two. The first uh, I want to shout out Silent Cypher uh, Xbox uh, podcast. He was in he, he was a guest on TKO Asante show uh, who I really like a lot. And um I, I when I comment on people's like YouTube in their chat and stuff, it comes up as Xbox expansion pass. And immediately he was like, hey, Luke. And I had no idea that Cypher knew me. And it just made my mm. day because he was immediately nice. like, Luke, what's up? And it was like, oh, cool. He didn't just see Xbox expansion pass. He knew who I was and stuff. And like little stuff like that was pretty cool. Um, I got an email back from from a gentleman named Jeff. So if you're listening, Jeff, you are the man. Appreciate you responding to me. That was cool. Uh, and then we are, are so we're doing a, a giveaway, Logan. I'm sure you you know about it and saw it. But, I do. Uh, we are doing a giveaway for a copy of Jedi Survivor to yeah. anybody that that uh, sends me a picture of their iTunes or Spotify review, uh, and you know comments basically updates their review, talks about you know you and I Xbox expansion pass and such. No requirement on like number of stars. Just want an honest review. Um, yeah. And a lot of people responding to that, but. People like Garrett Bland were they did the review. They entered the contest for sure. But like it was a sincere like heartfelt. They put a message on Twitter with it. Just, hey, happy to support. Really love you guys. Really appreciate you. People like Garrett and so many others that were doing the review. And you could tell it wasn't just to win the copy. They were genuinely trying to be supportive. That stuff means the world. You know what I mean? Like that's just a feel good. That feels Um, good. Yeah. 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 So. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you guys better be careful because uh, I am still in in the review pool for that copy. So, you know, if you guys you guys <laughs> better make sure you get that thing in, because if I take it, oh, I'm taking it. <laughs> to be clear, Logan cannot win, but I will get you a copy. Oh, you like no. It's, well, I already um, I already pre-ordered a copy. Oh, well, look at you. I Fancy. got it for I got it on. I got a deal. Uh, Wario 64 tweeted out a deal that Newegg was doing Xbox digital copies for like 10 bucks off. So nice. I managed to get, I managed to get like a, a a digital copy for like sixty bucks, and I was like, "Take that, EA! I'll yeah, show you that. your price hikes." Yeah, there's no way that they're gonna they're gonna profit from that now. That Star nope. Wars franchise IP that's a sequel <laughs> to a best selling game that was a game Suckers. contender. Um, but I, you know, oh, for any listener that's listening or somebody watching, if you want to enter that contest, you have a finite amount of time. So you got to be quick. Um, I put out a thread on Twitter. But if you also want to respond to the tweet about this show with a screenshot of your review, uh, please do so. If you don't have Twitter, of course, you can uh, email me that screenshot insipidghost at gmail.com. 
uh, trying to get to 100 uh, USA or North American reviews on iTunes. Got a, got an internal goal uh, for Spotify as well. Um, but I've, I've seen the updated ones where it's not just Luke, but it's Luke and Logan. And I really, that, that makes my day. Um, you also get extra yeah. uh, entries if you um, send him dirty pictures too. Do not email. do that. Yep. Please. Two, two extra that. entries. I do not need that in my life. <laughs> I do not need that in my life. Because Lord knows what some of y'all will be sending me. You're like, here's if a picture it, of Joseph AI art of, of him and Master Chief in a bed together. Like that'll okay. that'll be right. like an extra five oh, entries. <laughs> what was once the words of kindness now makes me want to throw up. So thank you for that. Um Although Pablo Schreiber, you know what? Let's move on. Okay. You like it. So, you like it. <laughs> uh, I want to shout out our new Patreon member. Remember, listeners, if you would like to support the show uh, financially, as well as just with the reviews, you can go to patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. It helps me look better, sound better, helps me get access to uh, a number uh, of different things, which I am grateful for. We were able to hook our patrons up this past week with Crash... Um, Crash Team Rumble beta codes, which was amazing. I know Kevin and uh, Sam and a bunch of our, our patrons were jumping in and playing together. I saw you in their chat with them, hanging out with them, which was awesome. We were also able to hook up the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, with some codes as well. So if you played on PlayStation with one of our codes, uh, amazing. Let us know uh, if you enjoyed it. But we, we try to hook our patrons up. I know a couple of them got codes for uh, Scars Above, which was cool. Um, we just appreciate you guys being patrons, and so we try to, to show you that love. Uh, but our new Patreon member this week, Logan, was uh, African, our buddy Charles Jones. He subscribed yeah. at tier three. So he was uh, subscribing at the top tier. Uh, he bumped us up above an internal goal for me on Patreon. Just a awesome, awesome, awesome. So shout out to African. Really appreciate you, Charles. Um, I know we game every week, but I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really nice to see that, especially given the the circumstances. It was all like we were we were making jokes and, and doing dumb things in chat in our DMs, and he just he straight up was like, "I'll I'll take that challenge." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. So shout out um, to him, man. Yeah, big time. And uh, one of our Patreon family, uh, Lord James Suddy, was in a motorcycle accident. He is okay. Uh, he is doing well, but he did take some bumps and bruises and got roughed up. So if you see yeah. Suddy on Twitter or on Patreon, show him some love because uh, he's recovering and we'll get to go home soon. Uh, and he is OK. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, gave us a scare. So take it easy, man. Take it easy. Yeah. Uh, Logan, it's your week to read our tier two and three shout outs. If you would do that, I'm going to try oh, and man. follow along as I lip sync with you. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm ready if you are. All right. Shout outs to our tier two and two, three patrons, African, AKA Charles Jones, game positive, Zach LeCoulter, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, the Lord Sir Master James Suddy. Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer. Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler. Clint Combs. DJ Hero. Dano12. Thank you all so much for your support. I think I had like a 96% lip sync accuracy on that one. <laughs> so I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So there we go. Thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon and iTunes, Spotify, etc. Uh, Logan. For the past week or so, 
uh, I maybe last two weeks, I think I've been playing Dead Island 2 uh, on and off for review coverage. Dead Island 2 reviews are out. The game is out now as well. Uh, we weren't able to talk about it on last week's show where we reviewed Minecraft Legends. But we had a great conversation there if you missed that, guys. Uh, but with Mike or with Dead Island 2 reviews, this is a long awaited title. Uh, the sequel to the original Dead Island, which had a spinoff in Dead Island Riptide and actually a few other smaller Dead Island titles. Um, this game has been long awaited and it arrives to good, not great reviews, which I fully agree with the good, not great uh, element of it. Uh, yeah. IGN scored this a seven out of 10 uh, PC gamer who has been scoring a lot of games way lower than I would go with uh, in the last few weeks. Just a lot of bigger titles that I wouldn't have expected to be middling. Uh, they yeah. scored Dead Island at a 55 out of 100. I can't say I agree with that in my experience. Easy, Easy Allies was at an 8 out of 10. Games Radar, 3.5 out of 5. Metro Game Central, 7 out of 10. Game Informer, 7.8 out of 10. GameSpot, 7 out of 10. Uh, it's sitting on an open critic of around uh, 75 at this point. Um, I think 75 is a great overall score based on my impressions of it, but uh, I'll be happy to answer questions about the game uh, for sure. But, you know, when you see these, does this make you want to play Dead Island? Uh, where are you at on well, this one? So that's the funny thing is, is I actually hadn't looked up the the reviews on OpenCritic um, until last night when I was mm -hmm. uh, putting together some stuff for the show notes because uh, I'd mostly been actually watching people play it. And, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a, a few people that I like to just kind of scope in on. They try to keep up on the latest games and stuff and they're a fun sure. group of streamers. So they're the ones that I generally look to when I think like, Okay, if I'm going to play this, I'm going to play it in more of this kind of uh, atmosphere. So I'm going to have fun with it as opposed to I'm going to watch a, a video that Digital Foundry put out and see like, okay, right. how did they technically do? Like, is it a fun game based on the, the specs and stuff? And I still watched that, which was interesting because it seems like this game is genuinely like a it's a last gen system game, but it is it is like a polished last gen game which i was surprised by because it just seems like every all the all the specs are locked they didn't mm -hmm. they didn't try and mess around with any any um like toggles like oh you know you got like fidelity versus performance kind of thing they're like nope this is what it is but they nailed it like the resolution is solid the res the the frame rates are good like if you've got the next gen stuff you've got the higher resolution and stuff but um when i was watching streamers i was I was genuinely just like, oh, this looks like it's fun. It looks like they've got like a like a mod system built up around like the weapons and it looks like it was really just people were having a good time. And one of the resounding things that I I heard from folks who were playing it was the the combat can get repetitious. Mm -hmm. but the environments change so frequently that it's always kind of fun to run around and check out the different uh, zones because it's all mm -hmm. kind of up so when i saw that the review scores were, were like a an overall kind of 75 for the the open critic i was like ah yeah i could see that it doesn't seem like it's really trying to do anything that isn't dead island one which i started playing this week which i because mm -hmm. i'd never actually gotten a chance to play through dead island mm -hmm. um playing through Is it, it still I was on like, game pass no it's not on game pass but it was like five bucks for the the the, the deluxe definitive edition mm -hmm. so i got like riptide and all that stuff um super super cheap with game pass discount so uh I, I popped on that and then was just kind of dipping into it and i was like 
oh, okay. Well, this is like, if it looks like they pretty much just went and did a new version with everything that is uh, relatively the same as the original mm -hmm. and it just looks and plays better. And I'm like, you know, if you're a fan of Dead Island and you'd been wanting a new one for a while, like I could see this just like really scratching that itch. I think that's exactly what it does. So I've put in about 15 to 20 hours or so, and I'm not quite done with the campaign. I've been doing some side quests. I slowed down the ending of my uh, of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, right, I should rephrase that. Um, it starts to drag in the latter third, at least it did for me. And yeah. so I felt like I needed to change up the formula that I was operating with. And so I've started to go off and do some some side quests, some of the side mm -hmm. missions and explore a little bit more than I was uh, because that repetition is there. Uh, without a doubt, Dead Island 2, again, 15 hours in, uh, I held my review for for, for this episode. Uh, it's really bright. It's colorful. The environments are are quite pretty. Uh, mm -hmm. despite it you know, be, having some last-gen aspects to it. Um, this is very much a true sequel to Dead Island 1, Dead Island proper. I know Riptide exists. I have played Riptide. I played the first one extensively. Um, and I know Dying Light exists. But whereas Dying Light veered off and kind of did a more muted color palette uh, and explored with yeah. verticality, this is a... This is a true sequel to the Xbox 360 title Dead Island, and uh, it's decidedly good in every single way. And I'm looking at my notes right here. In every way, this game is good, not great. Uh, mm -hmm. There is no realm that I feel that it excels into the greatness category, but it's all very good. It's a turn your brain off, go play whack-a-mole in different environments. Uh, this is a game where I've been listening to TV shows and podcasts because the writing is pretty forgettable. I've not really enjoyed the humor. I think IGN and a few other places uh, like our buddy Travis at IGN, like he, he was praising mm -hmm. some of the writing as funny. Um, it didn't come off as funny to me. It also didn't come off as cringy either, which we've had some pretty cringy games uh, and games dialogue in, in the last few months. I'm thinking about Forspoken right now. I see. That's no. the only example I can think of. Cause I think like, like Hi-Fi Rush, you could consider some of that maybe cringy, but I actually thought it very endearing in mm -hmm. some of the little quips and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I I know where you're getting at. But the, I was listening to a little bit of that, and I, I could see where people were saying, like some of the dialogue from the NPCs that you talk to, like there's, like there's a guy in a place that's lifting weights, and the, the whole joke mm -hmm. is that all of his friends died when the whole zombie apocalypse happened because mm -hmm. they never worked on leg day. And right they, and and they skipped leg day every time and mm -hmm. like that's the but I, I i don't know like hearing it for like the fifth or sixth time when you go back to that little hub after mm -hmm. doing a couple stints out in the out in the the world i could right. see that kind of being a little like okay you didn't program anything else i, I liken it to if you played grand theft auto 5 right yeah. if you play grand theft auto well if you do play grand <laughs> theft auto 5 for any listener has um there's sure a lot other of other people there's a lot of parody and a lot of like, hey, we're like one of the characters is clearly a mockery of Lindsay Lohan, right? Oh, really? And some, yeah, oh, totally. Like, like in its good, time when like, it was made. Like the, no, the, the crazy, pre crazy Lohan. Oh, no, man. Crazy Lohan. Okay. Okay. I got to play. So it when you are, are playing it, like there are a lot of influencers in Dead Island, mm. uh, Dead Island 2, I should say. And so like you're going and doing tasks for them. And the task is fun. Go creatively kill zombies you got to decapitate them or electrocute them or knock them off a pier yeah. for clicks and views but the character themselves <laughs> to me was rather cringy like i don't get off on that whole inside influencer dialogue funny 
parody yeah. thing. And I feel like there was another game that did this recently. I'm just blanking on it. But but regardless, it didn't click for me, the dialogue, but I still had fun with the gameplay. Again, good, not great. Um, I really liked aspects of the world. It is not an open world and it's deceptive because you will think that it is, but it's very mm-hmm. much a wide linear uh, with zones. Right. So you'll fast travel to different zones or you can you can slowly traverse to different zones if you want to. But um, they're wide, wide open levels, but it's not an open world. It's deceptive like that. Um, I had a question about that. Okay. Um, so if you don't let me get out six sentences in a row about this review, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> All right. Tell me your question. What's up? Okay. So ab- about that, do you, how do you feel about that? Because I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I know how you feel like it's, it's deceptive, but when I'm in an open world game and I fast travel, I still have to do a load screen. So when you, when I go from like one, one area to another area and it's a pretty, you know, I don't want to walk there there's still technically a load screen that I have to go through. So when I was watching this and they're like, all right, we got to move to the next zone and you had to do a load screen. I was like, I don't see that. I don't really see that as like a huge gap from what I normally play in other games that have load screens when it is big and open. Okay. Uh, it didn't bother me in the slightest. Okay. Um, it doesn't bother me at all when, when, when that happens. Uh, I actually kind of prefer it because it's a more controlled experience. Less variables tends to often or can often mean uh, less concerns or issues. And I don't enjoy when games, uh, I think God of War Ragnarok and Jedi Fallen Order are quite guilty of this. Too many times am I walking through the crevice and the camera just zooms in and I'm just going through the cracks. Mm. Yeah. And like that's clearly a load screen. And sometimes it's done well. First God of War 2018, I should say. Uh, that mm. one, it felt natural. Whereas in Ragnarok, a lot of it was happening. Um, so when that's going on, it's like, why are we open worlding with, with dead Island two? I don't mind it at all. Uh, it doesn't bother me. It's a little unintuitive at first to figure out where and how you can fast travel. But once you get it, it's, it's cakewalk. Um, okay. It, the, 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 the kicker is it, it feels at times like I'm still playing that Xbox 360 game, just up res. It's almost a remaster in some ways, at least it feels like one, yeah. uh, because, there's nothing definitively special about Dead Island 2. And in fact, that open world feels a bit restrictive at times. For example, I will see window or windows boarded up and I'll think I can go hit the wood to open mm-hmm. up and go through that window. And I cannot. It's not. It's mm-hmm. very curated in what you can and can't do. Uh, perhaps akin to like Resident <laughs> Evil in some ways. What did you were there, were there any fruit baskets that you went and smashed? Uh, the fruit <laughs> physics are awful in this game. Oh no, it's a dead game. It's I had a, a feeling you were going to, it's a dead game. Clever. Um, <laughs> Logan's in a mood this week, y'all. Um, uh, but I knew, I knew you were going to ask me that because we joked about that uh, a couple days ago. We did. We and, did. And there are times where joking aside, it feels like I should be able to smash the fruit or <laughs> break something, break a window, break a door. And you just, right can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just can't. And so in those moments, it feels a touch frustrating. Um, I also, having just played Dead Dead Dying Light 2 less than Mm. a year ago, or maybe a year ago at this point. It's like a year ago, yeah. But it feels a lot like the same game because it's that melee combat. But Dead Dying Light 2 does a lot of things to define itself into a different category, Uh, Mm. specifically with traversal, with moving around the levels. There's a a lot of verticality in Dying Light 2, whereas Dead Island 2 does very little to distinguish itself, or at least it doesn't feel special. 
uh, in mm. a lot of ways. I think uh, what it trying to do is use its gore system to def- to set itself apart from other like melee zombie killer games um, mm. or even shooter zombie killers because there are guns in this game. And uh, the engine does a great job at rendering these zombies to to have like certain weaknesses and strengths and kind of similar to the RE engine. And like, you can see wetness very well. Uh, There are are zombies that like are covered in water. Well, then you should electrocute them. There are some that are wearing fire fireman outfits. You should not try to use fire on them. You should try to use acid. Those that are in the hazmat suits, you shouldn't use acid on. You should try bleed effects. And, And there are ways to, to, uh, do more or less damage on different character different character designs Uh, and then you can customize your own character with with like special perk cards which is really really neat and they what their attempt to do i believe to make this stand out is a lot of the levels are tuned with these things you have water jugs that you could throw gasoline things that you could throw a lot of destructibility yeah elements that don't destruct the world but they can cause damage to the zombies like if you put a battery in this these power lines are going to light up and you can electrify them so i think that's what it's trying to do uh and then there are special zombie types kind of within those realms that can have different variants of electricity acid and whatnot but they fall into the the bloater the tank the spitter the the screamer very left for dead-esque and it feels like i've played a lot of this game before either in dying light in mm-hmm. dead island or or kind of other elements back for blood left for dead nothing really sets it apart there are some cool level designs like you go to movie sets and yeah when you're in the movie hollywood <laughs> sets like maybe you're in a starship troopers callback or an indiana jones callback or uh there was one more that like a There's saving a private ryan room where i was like oh, oh really oh i missed yeah. that one i yeah. saw i saw like the legends of the hidden temple one and i saw the um giant insect one those yeah. were the yeah, two so that i that i got to see indiana jones starship troopers that's what i got out of them but yeah exactly that mm. and those are fun and you can do a lot of cool things with them but you can see just about everything that die that dead island 2 has to offer you can see that in 10 hours where i'm as a, i'm at hour 15 plus close to 20 yeah and it's starting to wear a little thin mm. so i feel like it's dragging a little bit but I'm still enjoying my time. Like I said, good, not great. I recommend it if you're a Dead Island fan. I say wait for sale if you're on the fence because there's a lot of other big stuff. So I wanted to, I have have a bunch of questions about this. Um, First off, uh, I want to address the thing that you just said so folks know that it's relevant. Um, You talked about it kind of dragging on in this time frame. this game feels like it is very much a a co-op want to play with other people game. And I think I I, I want to say that this would definitely be kind of a, a uh, less engaging game solo mm-hmm. um, unless you're there specifically just for that Dead Island feel. Because mm-hmm. everyone that I've seen that has been playing this has been playing it with other people. Right. And there's there's clearly like a disconnect to the story because it seems like so sectioned off, like you're meeting people and then things happen to them and you move on to the next group of people. Um, but it seems like to me that this is best served as a, a co-op game online and, and spending time with other people, which was kind of a shame to find out that right now, at least on the base last gen consoles, the PS4 and the Xbox one S 
um, they aren't actually able to host games for people. They actually have mm-hmm. to get into games where it's someone who at least has a one X PS4 pro or a, a current gen system. So kind of a bummer about that. So just as a heads up, if you, if you were planning to jump into this with others um, on original last gen, uh, you're not going to be able to host the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I can totally see the co-op elements and at the risk yeah. of sounding morbid, like Suddy was going to be who I was going to try this one out with. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've not played co-op. I didn't take it. I didn't have the time to take advantage with the developer like set times and such for review. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've not played co-op yet. To me, this is a turn your brain off and, and go type yeah. of experience, because to me, a lot of the story was very forgettable. I didn't turn my brain off and go for review purposes uh, until kind of the latter four hours or so I've been playing. But yeah. I'm, I, I just that's that's where I'm at. It seems it seems like this is kind of the game that if you enjoy uh, like Sea of Thieves, it's a, a perfect game to to like run around and smack things with um, like all you're doing is is killing zombies and chatting while moving through and getting weapons and stuff like that. Like that's it seems like that gameplay loop is is right up there with folks that that like just kind of chill and see if these go do things, but mostly are just hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. I can um, see that. I, I can see the comparison. I don't know that I would have j- gone there, but I see that. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about was um, you brought up like the different elements. Like there's light, there's, there's electricity, there's fire, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's uh, bleed effects and stuff like that. I, I think about like other games that do that. And I feel like dead Island two seems to do it better with the environmental aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like playing, but not like as far on the weapon. Like yeah. It, well, so like, that's the thing is, it's like fire or uh, far cry six has the same style of weapons. Like you have mm-hmm. like different, but it's all ammo based. And, mm-hmm. and they're like, they force you to like have certain ammo for certain different types of enemies. And it just doesn't feel like it's, it's, it's natural. It's like, why am I going to have burning bullets? Why am I going to have electrifying bullets? Why am I going to have armor piercing bullets for each mm-hmm. different gun that I have? And it's like, they're trying to build in this, this system for a game. And that game was designed in my mind for next gen. Like it was a game that was kind of like pushing for this current generation, not last, but it had the design influences of a last right. gen game as well. And same thing with like a horizon game, mm-hmm. um, flame arrows, shock arrows, you know, it's all, you know, what kind of status effects can we put on weapons to deal with different mobs in a certain way? So I'm wondering, do you think that Dead Island 2, uh, if Dan Busters decides to make a, a Dead Island 3, do you think that they will stretch themselves to go beyond just what they've done as far as like staying true to the genre and putting out a, an updated version of Dead Island 1 with a, with a proper sequel? It, it would need an evolution of some sort because this is all about status effects as well. So you do like yeah. you can get fire guns, you can get electricity bullets and stuff like you can put those augments on there. But the melee weapons, which feel very good, the guns feel pretty muted. Um, yeah. Like I've they're useful, but they mm-hmm. don't feel good or they don't feel bad either. They just are there. Um, Seemed like it took a while for you to get them too. Uh, it depends on how much exploration you do. But oh, okay. but they're not it, they're not nearly as plentiful within the world as the melee options and you can get yeah. swords maces you can get wolverine claws you can get I know, those uh, are cool. hammers and crowbar like there's a number of different weapons you can do and it's all about applying status but it doesn't have the creativity that you think it should uh 
maybe something similar to Dead Rising. So like you can't take a razor blade and a, a sword and make a razor blade sword. It doesn't happen. Whereas in Dead Rising, perhaps that zombie element, like that was their draw. Yeah. So again, I talk about good, not great. If they were to expand or improve upon the crafting system would need some more creativity in there because it's all about status effects and mods, but the mods aren't as wide ranging as I would have expected Mm -hmm. where dead rising's focus is that dead islands is not, but it feels like it should be based on the combat. So again, good, not great. Uh, I do think they need to evolve that a bit though. Do you think that, do you think that they didn't, expand that more because they were focused more on getting the flesh system down that i i don't know uh so i don't want to speak for them but i could certainly see that logic in there and the flesh system is good it is gory i saw a lot of reviews putting a ton of praise on that but having come Mm -hmm. off of dead dead space and resident evil it didn't feel like that was all that great uh, but a lot of reviews were were calling out that as a great element. Maybe to me, it feels like if that's just a norm and expectation now because of dead or because of uh, Callisto, Dead Dead Space, and yeah. uh, Resident Evil. Sorry, I couldn't mix them all up. It's a um, it's a busy horror genre uh, this year. Like a lot it, of horror games. It is. It is, and I think the others did that did dismemberment better. But I could I could entertain arguments otherwise. But it doesn't feel like it's a detriment, though. That's the thing. So if I'm saying that others are doing it better, yeah. In Resident Evil, shooting a kneecap or in Dead Space, shooting a kneecap was a tactic. Whereas in uh, Dead Island, running up and hitting a kneecap works, but you're already in the zone for for da- for like getting hit there, so it feels different. There's an emphasis on dodging and blocking there that yeah. is not emphasized in those others. Interesting. Because I'd seen some some gameplay elements that that were pushing you to do um, maiming through like laceration or through like a, a like um, I can't think of the word like disembodiment. No, what's the word where you dismemberment? Dismemberment. Um, so like it was pushing you to do that for mm-hmm. certain things, um, like the oh, I can't think of what it was called, but it was like atrophage or something like that. Yes, that uh, is like their special word for your infection level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the one other question that I had, cause I, I was, I was thinking about this while I was watching gameplay, how bullet spongy quote unquote does the, do the, do the, uh, zombies feel? Cause I, I was watching people like hack away at it at different levels throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And it definitely felt like a lot of it was dependent on the RNG that you got with the weapons that you'd find. Um, so how, how was that for you? Did it feel like you were smacking the same zombie too long? Yes, uh, it sure did. Especially the special zombies, the tanks in particular, which Mm -hmm. I know the first instinct would be like, well, it's a tank. It's supposed to be, it's too much. You don't feel like you do damage. There's no stopping power with a number of the weapons. And that's kind of the thing. If there's not a stopping power, there's not like a guttural sound to hitting a zombie. It feels like I'm just sponging it. Mm -hmm. And unless it's a standard normal zombie, the, the special ones, you're just whacking on them. And that's not mm. that to me, that was, that was unintuitive. If I've got a giant mace that does acid damage and I'm going in with a full powered hit and I hit the tank and it doesn't feel like I did a thing. That's not satisfying. Um, hitting a normal zombie, you get this big old like flesh sounding thwap uh, and, and it stops the zombie in its tracks and it, or at least it's moved or knocked back. Doesn't happen with, 
with the the tanks, especially the big bloated ones and the screamers. It, it it sometimes works. So not as satisfying as I think it needs to be. But again, yeah. it's good. It's just not good enough for me to be like, it's great. Gotcha. It sounds like it's kind of like in the same. Like if I had to compare it to a game that I thought about that, I'd say um, Maneater was very akin mm-hmm. to that, like very kind of mindless gameplay, but it was fun. It just mm-hmm. it definitely felt like you're just chomping on people in boats and stuff far too long. And after a while, it didn't feel like you really were as powerful or didn't feel like you were pushing through as much as you probably should. I could see that. However, I won Cade Maneater and I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's and that's the thing, too, is is like this is a game that I know I would probably have fun with, but Mm -hmm. I would probably have more fun with it if I was running through it with other people. Mm -hmm. So I would probably hold off and play through it when I knew that I was going to be able to like sit down and dedicate like certain nights of the week to, to jump in with folks with it. Sure. And when it's on sale, you should get it. And you should play it. This is a fun game. But uh, I'm very glad it came out the week before Jedi and not the week of or the week after because we've got Jedi, we've got uh, Redfall, and I feel like there's a bunch of other big ones that are still set to follow up with Diablo and uh, Monster Hunter Sunbreak and a few other things. I I think that's right. Um, So... If this could have come out even two weeks ago, I think you'd have a different car. Like just after Resident Evil, I think we'd be okay. Um, But I feel like this game is going to go on sale quickly and that's when you should get it because it's great. This is a good summer game, especially with the California vibes. Yeah. And that's what one thing I did want to say too is is having lived in Cal or I still live in California, having lived in SoCal, um, Mm -hmm. watching like some of the rooms and houses and stuff that they had and watching like some of the beach scenes and whatnot, I was like, yeah, they did their homework because I I know where that place is. I've seen homes that look exactly like that. Like mm-hmm. I've I've been in rich people's houses. Like I know what it looks like, and they did a really good job. They've they've been to a couple rich people houses. Uh, all right. So any bottom line, guys, check out Dead Island Two. Uh, yeah. I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it, and it's a good game, and it's one that you guys should should play for sure. Um, yeah. Won't set your box on fire, but it'll, it'll be a good time. Logan, uh, did you see this news about Sega acquiring Rovio, the Angry Birds I developer? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's so random. Like, I can't not bring it up, but like, okay. <laughs> did you did you know that they were going to make a, uh, they, they were looking to acquire Angry Birds and the pigs for uh, the next Sonic game? Because I didn't. I, I was really I, surprised by this. It, I was surprised by it also. It it felt funny to me that like this was a thing at all. Sega acquires Rovio, uh, of course the makers of angry birds, uh, $776 million. Um, okay. Neat. Like, why do you think they're doing it? I think they're fleshing out their catalog. I think they're trying to pull the talent in from their mobile space because the angry bird devs at Rovio are, uh, they have some, some solid, mobile elements of course angry birds was built on that however uh they they they're also kind of sleazy in some ways they had to delist the original angry birds because they wanted to push people towards their new monetized microtransaction heavy one and that didn't do too well i'm sure that backfired a bit uh but i think they're doing it because angry birds has a successful uh film 
to go with it. So the, the brand is, is fine. Like it's a good brand. It's not a great brand. Um, and well, didn't, they're bringing in talent from the mobile studios. So I think that's the real thing. I bet you're going to see Sonic the Hedgehog showing up in mobile spaces way more than he already is. Cause there are two solid Sonic outings on there, but they are predatory, uh, mobile elements. I think they're bringing in that talent. It's less about angry birds. I think that's just kind of what we are letting people know Rovio is. I'm trying to find out who did the, the angry birds movies. I don't know, but they were really good. Uh, the Angry Birds movie was good pre-Sonic and then, of course, pre-Super Mario. But yeah, it was a good movie. It wasn't like a great movie, but it was good. Hmm. I The reason I bring that up is because I know, like, they're making a Sonic 3. And those movies have done pretty darn well, all things considered. Um, oh, yeah, they're good. And the show is coming up, too, which is set between the second and third movie. Starring yeah. Knuckles. Good so I'm 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 genuinely curious. Like it seems kind of out of place. It doesn't seem like it really fits in with like like what Sega does. It seems like Sega's got strong enough IP that it it seems like this is a talent acquisition as opposed to an IP acquisition. Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. Um, but Sonic. Sonic is kind of the main Sega character. Sonic Frontiers was great. Sonic Origins yeah. Plus is coming out this year. They had a really good show in Sonic Prime. Uh, and of course, the Sonic movies and then the Knuckles spinoff. Like, that's all great. Um, but Sega also does mobile. And yeah. those are a bit predatory. Uh, of course, I Sega Sammy. I, I, is, has it been? Because I, I wanted yes. to, because I, I haven't seen everything that I've seen from the mobile space for Sega has always just been like their games. Like it's been like Sonic 3 or Sonic CD. And it was always just like a one-time purchase. So I haven't really seen like, but what kind of like, are, are they getting like season pass type stuff in their games? Like what games are you playing? Endless Runners where everything's on timers. Um, fun um, Endless Runners. Like I enjoyed okay. it. But um, it's it, they're they're pretty predatory and like uh, like for a good example was like I lost some progress in there and I'd spent it's probably spent 30, 40 bucks over the course of the time I was playing. Oh my God. They're like, sorry, we can't get it back to you. How are you like, spending what? that much money on mobile games over time, over time, Damn. like not in the day, but like over two years or a year or something. But mm. I like mobile gaming. Um, yeah, but but the, definitely there's some some predatory elements there. Um but that said, that's mobile gaming. That's the risk you go. But this is to me a talent buy. So it goes. When, maybe we could make this into an Xbox wrap up. But I wanted to. I'm very curious about the idea of mobile, uh, mobile predatory behaviors for time based mechanics that are tied to micro transactions compared to video games with multiple avenues of microtransactions for paid games. And that is a is thesis to a doctoral statement. And I'm really <laughs> happy for any listener that followed along with what you said. I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> but that was that was several steps uh, of Kevin Bacon right there. But yeah, no, I understand that's going to be a good topic, but you'd have to do a good amount of research. Yeah, um, I'm lazy to, to really have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Overall, yeah. though, I mean, if if Sega wants to buy people, Sega's more than happy, you know, keep those people on. Don't don't go like liquidating entire companies if you're going to buy them. So hopefully they're doing something good with that. It seems like a lot of cash for some some ticked off uh, aviary, you know, creatures. But maybe it's the I don't think it was about Angry Birds, but we'll see. I, I do like that Sega strengthened his portfolio with this. Yeah. Um, 
I'd rather so. they do it than uh, than get scooped up by another company. Makes makes more sense to me. Yeah, that'll be something to watch. And I don't know if you saw in our kind of a smaller uh, topic this week that Sony picked up. Uh, what was it? Firewalk, Firewalk Studio. Yeah. And like they acquired them, um, certainly not like the level of like an Activision Blizzard, but it's the second uh, kind of first person shooter studio they picked up after Bungie and they're, they're qualified in that kind of AAA development realm. I thought it was a good pickup because they had they'd already had like a publishing deal. This was that was kind of a second party studio for them anyway. Um, yeah. But as Sony, they acquired somebody, Sega acquiring people, people are just strengthening their portfolios with both IP and manpower. and that makes sense when you've got companies like Microsoft out there spending billions of dollars to bring in talent levels and studio levels um, on, on like ABK and Bethesda, you know, I mean, that's, those are some big pickups. So I, I, I don't mind it. Um, I will encourage yeah. everybody to, to not gloom, doom and gloom, you know, deals like that, but also to spend your money where you feel it's appropriate. I'm I'm curious to to see where that goes because it feels like um Sony is sandbagging in the sense that they're they they feel like there's something that's going to happen with the ABK deal eventually and they're mm-hmm. they're starting to start trying to make those moves for it's like hey we need to start working on this problem now before the storm actually comes because in in you know 5 years what have you we got to have something and and it, and it's interesting given that x defiant beta was going on this week and x defiant has a lot of high praise from gamers that i've seen across like the anecdotal evidence that i found everyone seems really excited about this because uh ubisoft's or ubisoft depending on who you talk to um it's their free to play cod multiplayer mm-hmm. which historically cod has never done their multiplayer free they've always done the battle royale free but the campaign and multiplayer has always been tied to the mm-hmm. 70 dollars that it that you have to, to pay to get in so seeing like things like um the you know ubisoft get into like cod and have it look and feel like cod but be free to play uh really does like i i, I would be very interested to see like how does sony feel about that could they try and do some deals with them for exclusive content because as a free-to-play game you can't you can't make that a console exclusive it's going to be multi-plat and uh mm-hmm. with firewalk i'm curious to see like is is sony going to try and pull pull like a cod like their own cod as a result with that and how is that going to look when people have something like x defiant because it feels like cod and overwatch together and it looks and looks amazing I think absolutely Sony is going to try to find something that competes with it. Uh, I hope it's not like a, I hope they're not trying to make a re- new resistance or a new kill zone. Uh, I think they do need to make something new. Uh, but yeah, sandbagging in the idea of like in the future, this could be an, an issue concern. We need to prep for it. Yes, I think that's going to happen. And I think it's wise for that to happen. Um, but I also see the future being 12 to 14 years from now. Xbox doesn't have a physical box anymore. They're just, you log in. Um, and so... That's such a weird concept, though. It is. It is. But I think it's just the way of the future. And, like, you'll just log into your account. And I think you'll do that on a PlayStation. Um, yeah. I just don't think that's going to be for 10 years, 12 years, 14 years time. The infrastructure really has to step up. Um, sure. 
for for internet for i think for for people to really do that i think i saw, saw a deal today for like wario 64 saying that like geforce now is like 30 bucks for six months so i'm going to take a look at that and see because i don't know I, I i love xcloud streaming and stuff but i'm very curious to see what other companies are doing and how it compares to xcloud so i'm going to be mm-hmm. testing that out i think this week xcloud uh, rocks but it rocks to me for like tactics games for point and click event there's a lot that you could like minecraft dungeons would be great for it study was yeah. talking to me about uh you know what he's trying to play while he's in the hospital on his mobile with game pass and then i think we had a question from uh i believe it was the winter gamer you know what game should you play when you're sick kind of thing and so xcloud mm. is great for that kind of stuff and to me tactics based games like w- would be a great fit um for xcloud and playing stuff there like sea of stars when that comes out kind of your older jrpg turn-based type games uh minecraft dungeons is a great example for a game one you should play when you're sick winter gamer i uh, hope you feel better but also like low stakes pve uh multiple lives type thing like that's what you should be playing right now and for infrastructure later i mean that's that's only a matter of time like when you look at yeah, the, the your progress <laughs> like, yeah we've got 5g so that, that should help out a lot for now 100 percent, absolutely and even in the short amount of time xCloud has been available, I've seen massive improvements. Oh yeah, it's, it's getting it. a lot better. And the in the access to um to uh touch uh controls for games is is definitely going up. So you don't have to carry around a um uh uh oh God, a Bluetooth Kishi. controller. Yeah, or a Bluetooth Razor controller Kishi or a backbone Kishi. or something like backbone. that. Yeah. Those are what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love the backbone, by the way. Um if I traveled or if I was away from the house more often uh backbone is great i have a razor kishi one uh that i bought and it was good but but in hindsight the backbone is far superior um i've never used a, a kishi 2 uh but it exists and i will be playing with it um but at, i spent all yeah. my money on setting up the computer i'm not buying a mobile thing for fun right now yeah. when i don't travel as much backbone's great and i'm not gonna I, I i don't think i need more than the backbone yeah, I mean, I, I still have a, a spare controller and one of those little controller clips that I, I've, I've used for mine and yeah, works great. Yeah, there you go. Uh, moving on, bud, the, the there were kind of two demo beta things uh, and I added a third onto there that I wanted to note. Uh, Diablo 4 is giving us a surprise server test, uh, which is going to take place from May 12th through 14th. Uh, multiple awards that you can get in this one, including beating the world boss, gives you some stuff in the game proper. If you missed out on Diablo 4, that was a great beta that they had, and I think everybody should should go and give it a look here for this server test. Expect frustrations and concerns, but that's what you want. It really feels like Diablo 4's launch is going to go very well. Maybe I'll eat my words, but it, all signs are pointing positive for this one. Um, uh, I like this. Yes. Blizzard... Yes. I, w- I would expect the day one to be pretty, pretty rough for the first eight hours. Um, expect long queues. It's a Blizzard title. I've been following them my whole life. Like they're going to have long queues for the first day. After that, the second and third day should be fine. But definitely like they're doing a server slam now. It's not going to be anywhere close to when it actually goes live. Like they've got a one, they've got one million pre-orders. They'll probably see uh, a spike of of close to two million for the server slam. There's going to be like five million day one. So just expect queues. That would make sense. But that's uh, just that's just my fair warning on that one. 
Also, sure. I hate that this is on the 12th through the 14th because not only is it Mother's Day, not that uh, that concerns me right now, but um, it's also like the weekend that Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom releases. And it's like, I hate that I'm going to have to make that choice of Zelda or go kill a world boss. Zelda's going to sell so absurdly well. It's ridiculous. Just, just how many, wild. How many units does the Switch have? Is that It's like 90-something units out there? How many... Top of my head, I don't know. I mean, it's been out for a long time. A long time. So, I don't know. 20, uh, 2017 at least. Yeah. Uh, while you're looking up that, uh, there's Street Fighter Six is getting a demo. It's available now on PlayStations 4 and 5 uh, and coming to Xbox and PC on April 26th. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I'm really exhausted from these times. Like, you can play on this system this week, but then you know, everybody else this week. I don't like those deals. Uh, and I was really hoping Street Fighter Capcom would move away from that. Uh, but, you know, be that as it may, really excited for the Street Fighter 6 demo. So that's that's pretty cool. I got um, to see some last night. Holy shit. That game looks good. What, Street Fighter? Yeah. Bro, I was yeah. watching some some demo play last night of it, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, they got the they got the audio in there. It feels it sounds like it sounds like Street Fighter. It looks good. Like this is going to be a good Street Fighter. This is going to be like I'm a so really good. nice Street Fighter. I'm excited for it. Um, somehow it's my second most anticipated Capcom game for the rest of the year because Exoprimal was so much fun. Oh, uh, yeah. I really liked Exoprimal. <laughs> it a dumb game that I really liked. It is so dumb. I liked uh, it. But yeah, I'm hoping people are able to, one, check out the server slam, free. Street Fighter Six demo, free. Uh, and then it's going on right now. Pro- you probably, depending on when you listen to this, you may not be able to get in, but we were, the Crash Team Rumble beta closed beta is going on at the moment and again i'm really excited that we were able to get codes for so many of our patrons that made my day uh and then be able to hook up the trophy room would also made me feel good but uh to me those are three cool beta demo experiences that that you can be checking out and all three look good in their own right across different genres and that to me is also cool so next to these big triple a games that are coming out you've also got these free experiences that kind of go hand in hand with future AAA stuff. That's fun to me. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. They've, that they've been able to do that. I found the numbers by the way. Okay. So you remember how I was like, ah, it should be like around 90 something. It's more than that. 120. They, they hit that back in 2011 or 2010 or no 20. What the hell? What? 2021. 2021. 2021. Okay. All right. I was okay. Like, so, okay. So the, the switch as of, let's see, this article came from tech spot. It was February, 2023, 122 million console sales there. And in the DS is 155, um, or no, 154. The P the PS two was 155. The switch is almost about to outsell its next biggest or its biggest handheld and that's nuts given the time frame so yeah there's going to be a lot of zelda because i think at launch zelda had 105 or 110 attach rate or percentage attach rate mm-hmm. for switch like people were buying zelda that didn't own a switch like that's mm-hmm. how good that game was zelda, so. breath of the wild was so good i loved that game yeah, I loved that game, but I, I I'm wait. not excited for Tears of the Kingdom at the moment because of Jedi, because of Redfall. Uh, but I wonder I if it doesn't, if it's not the one to make me boot my switch up. Um, Miles Dampier put out a fun tweet, which which is like, what are your favorite things about each of your three 
big three Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox. And then what are your mm-hmm. criticisms about it? Um, and my, my, there are a lot of things I love about Nintendo. That's just wonderful first party IP. My criticism of them is that it's really hard to be a legacy fan when you're on Nintendo because y- on your switch, you can't play all the games from a particular franchise or whatnot. And that's something that I think Xbox is better at. Yeah. Still not perfect because, you know, but in first party, yes. Um, and I'd like to see PlayStation do a good job of as well, particularly as PlayStation's IP surpasses Nintendo's, but I don't, maybe that's not a fair statement, but, but like I'm enjoying a lot of PlayStation IP. I would like to see them do a better job at making the legacy versions of things. I should be able to play the PS3 version of last of us. Um, next to my four and five versions of it etc. Yeah. So i think that's important for game preservation they, as much as anything and yeah, nintendo they, should be a major player there they do really like nintendo does a fantastic job and i think mine was um building games for everyone that mm. are that are top tier like you like the kirby game that's a really good kirby game yeah you know you you want to you want a zelda game that is a that is an e for everyone beast of a zelda game and and they just they know how to make zelda games or they know how to make games for everyone and have them still be really good Mm -hmm. um which i think that is something that xbox and playstation both like have stepped away from like everything from xbox for the most part is is teen and and it's like they they've completely lost kids uh which is where i think that there's so much potential for them to have companies pull some of their past ip like banjo uh viva pinata with mm-hmm. the abk deal hopefully crash and, and spyro really kind of bolster out that e for everyone catalog that they that they could potentially have if they uh decided to make moves for that but like yeah. grounded is a great example which i don't think grounded is a t game no i don't think so it might be that spider violence people were really sensitive about but um i think microsoft's doing a good job diversifying their their portfolio from where it was but it's all about proof in the pudding man you gotta you gotta deliver on those releases and that's not that's not meant to be an intentional callback to like redfall's performance or ghostwire's performance but you gotta gotta deliver upon release grounded doing a good job with its 1.0 you're right some of those new ones yeah i think Um, i think it'll be really interesting to see what the what the conversation is for redfall um knowing like what we know, because I, I am curious to think like, will the 30 really impact our gameplay? It's going to bug me. But if it's a, a again, if it's a locked 30, I think I think it'll all I'll manage. But I just I feel like there's uh there was a missed opportunity there, especially looking okay. at something like Dead Island 2, which is a, a, a last gen game. And mm-hmm. they knew the assignment hit 60 Hit 60 mm-hmm. for next gen keep it locked at 30 even the series s has 60 and it's 1080 but it's still 60 and it's locked Mm -hmm. i think uh i'm i'm excited for redfall i will criticize to the nth degree the management and delivery of some of xbox's content uh without a doubt their first party is in need of uh some quality control i think is the right way to put that uh but I like swimming in sevens. I like playing more games across more uh, genres. I like lots of different experiences. Um, But without a doubt, like you must start delivering to compete, right? 
Um, really the interesting conversation surrounding hi-fi rush success, not success. Jez Corden and Aaron Greenberg exchanged words there. And um, you want to break that rush, out a little bit as, as cause we uh, haven't for folks that yeah, didn't follow that in short, uh, <laughs> Jeff Grubb had stated, uh, yeah, Jeff Grubb stated with no data, mind you. That's why I'm a little hesitant on this one. Uh, Jeff Grubb stated that, simply put, uh, Hi-Fi Rush did not make money, right? Yeah. And the counterpoint to that, and so thus it was a failure on some metrics. And, and he wasn't like lambasting it. He was just pointing, some, he was saying what he'd heard, what whatnot. Yeah. The counterpoint to that is quite logically, the game was shadow dropped, no marketing, no physical addition. What do you in a niche genre of rhythm uh combat? Yep. Aaron Greenberg came out and said this this game did beat all of our expectations for it. We're quite pleased with it. It's also Aaron's job to say that, right? Yeah. So I don't know what you can say about it definitively without kind of engaging in, in fan speak, but I will note that like I'm disappointed with Microsoft's lack of marketing for hi-fi rush the game is fantastic we should see it in commercials with game mm-hmm. pass we should see it on boxes of like come holiday there should be montage reels in movie theaters that include hi-fi rush and redfall and ghostwire and halo and sea of thieves mm-hmm. and forza and hi-fi rush needs to be included in that it should be on the box it's bright it's colorful it breaks the mold of what you would think of as a traditional xbox game and they need that and yeah. so i want to see better quality control and better what i would call marketing uh, which Kelly Lombardi did a great, just quick, quick tweet out there r- reminding people that marketing is not the same as, as what some people think it is. And, and she did some good education for people on that. Um, but in short, I, I don't like the idea that people saying Hi-Fi Rush failed. That game is incredible. It's yeah. incredible. It is also frustrating to see Ghostwire Tokyo be better on PlayStation 5 even after a year. Before, yeah. then it comes out on xbox that's not acceptable not acceptable that redfall is not launching at 60 uh not acceptable that we're seeing kind of this the, the frustrating releases from first party not hit quality control elements that's not okay you we delayed uh, sony delayed last of us 2 like 48 times but when it came out that thing delivered on performance and quality yeah. right i didn't necessarily like it but it dude there was no one doubting any of these frame arguments or whatnot. And let's be clear, I fully plan to enjoy and play Redfall. That game looks fun. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to be worried about frame rate failures. Uh, funny, fun aside, did you see I misspelled the thumbnail last week? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even notice frame that. Frame rate failure. And I spelled fra- failure wrong. Oh, my God. And like, I think my key, I'm still getting used to a mechanical keyboard. I think the eye just caught and I was just in go mode. Um, yeah, I fixed the thumbnail portion, but the video version, it's in there. Oh my and I God. just got a kick out of it. I'm like, ah, whatever. Um, now I got to go find it. You got to laugh at yourself, right? Because um, I guarantee you, most people missed it. Oh, I've most definitely, I've done it. it in the past too. There's been a hundred percent. But I was wondering, <laughs> I was like, if anybody at Xbox, because I've been chatting with Xbox and then my pitch deck and stuff. So like, if anybody look at that, there's some irony and also embarrassment. But I was like, ah, whatever. I'm burning the candle at both ends at work and such and, and enjoying games. I'm not going to worry about dropping an eye in there by mistake. So, you know, um, I, yeah, you see it. Yeah. He sees it. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what more you wanted me to, to break out on that one, but that's, that oh, was my I, thought there. I, the thing that, that, that I was interested in was um, Aaron came out and said something that was positive uh and addressed something that i think um people tend to forget because we tend to 
we we tend to compare Sony and Xbox so closely, but they really are different beasts. Um, Sony is there to make money off of the games they sell. That's why it's exclusive. Um, Xbox is there to make games that that bring experiences that people probably weren't expecting. So when I saw Aaron Greenberg's um, comments on that, and that and that it did really well for the for the points of interest that they uh, scale or that they that they look at, then. Mm-hmm. That to me tells me it's like they're okay losing money on studio projects that are going to be cool experiences. Like Grounded is a perfect example. It's like Grounded was in game preview. There's no idea if if anyone has actually bought that game. But to them, it's a success because it's it's driven people to play it. It's driven play, people to engage with it. And it's given a positive experience. And I think word driven of mouth... Yes, their business. They want to make money, but driven people to engage on their subscription service. Specifically. Okay. All right. Because you said they didn't want to make money. I'm like, well, no, they're a business. They have to make money. Well, they want to make money, but at the, but it's not it's not dependent on independent sales of a game like mm. they they are. They are looking to build the value through Game Pass, which is why they're OK with these unique games uh, coming to Game Pass, knowing that. A, they don't have to worry about printing. They don't have to worry about the printing costs. They don't have to worry about the the physical media costs. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to worry about the marketing. The marketing is Game Pass. So they're saving tons of money on not dumping stuff into those and letting mm-hmm. word of mouth uh, do the talk. And that's what I think is is where they're seeing wins because they can launch a game. They can shadow drop a game with no marketing, with no physical edition with no collector's edition, nothing like that. And it will be the talk of the town for uh, a few weeks mm-hmm. and that will drive sales to game pass. To me, that's a huge win. Like why would that be a failure? You're, you're enriching game pass. You're, you're getting good word of mouth. People are talking about how good this hi-fi rush is and it's console exclusive. And but you tell didn't me have if to people, do people know about hi-fi rush outside of podcast communities? Yeah. That's where I that I don't think they do. Where what commercials are showing up on Nickelodeon for their kids friends. to see? It's their friends that are talking about it. It's, but I work with kids. I've never heard a single one of them mention Hi Fi Rush. Right, but that's anecdotal. Like it, we're, we're so is what you're saying though. I know, but I mean, it's it's Aaron Greenberg's word that it was a huge success with with the logic in place. It had to have been word of mouth because there was no marketing, there was no physical edition. So the only way people knew about this was people looking and seeing it on Game Pass and then telling other people about it. I question what I I, I think we're talking about two different things. Like, OK, I see Hi-Fi Rush as a huge success. I yeah. see a failure in Microsoft's ability to tell people about it, relying on on content creators to tell people about it. I don't think anybody knows about Hi-Fi Rush outside of content creation communities and, and their I mean, followers. It was, it was trending on Twitter for a long time. Twitter's a increasingly small, small group, which oddly relates to our, one of our topics, but like, true, I don't think that's any longer the, the metric, you know, is but it on I mean, Twitch? The, is it showing on Twitch? Is it so, how many videos are there on YouTube? What are the hits there? I mean, we could look at like the analytics. We could go do the Google search analytics for Hi-Fi Rush compared to like Dead Island 2 and see like what did Dead Island 2, what did their physical edition and, and uh, 
you know, marketing get them compared to high fry rush and see if that was actually a positive, like there's ways we could probably dig into it a little bit and, and kind of judge it out. But I mean, I see what you're saying as far as like, you know, no one knows about it because they didn't do any marketing. Like they failed on the marketing aspect of it, but I don't mm -hmm. think that their intent was to market it. I don't think their intent was to try and do anything like they, they saved all the money that they would have put into that and maybe put it into a different game studio to build out the next one of those. And maybe, maybe I don't know from Adam. Oh maybe yeah, no. that's true. There's no way to, there's no way we can know. I'm purely speculating on this and, and just throwing out hypotheticals. But I mean, if, if gamers that we talk to think hi-fi rush is a success and that it was a great game, mm -hmm. then you won by not having to spend any money on that. And you'll just let time do its thing and let mm -hmm. people talk about it. And like there was conversations in the podcast realm about Hi-Fi Rush being in the top four, top running for like game of the year when it came mm -hmm. out. As and for a be. game for a game that that Microsoft didn't market or or sell a physical edition on, I'd be like, damn, that's pretty good. That's like that's a really that's a huge win for Tango Gameworks. It's a great win for Tango, and I hope that Hi-Fi Rush gets its due. I really do. Oh yeah. Um, Ori Ori was another example that reminds me of this because Ori is just so good. Yeah. Forgettable. Now maybe that was due to some of their studio heads' behavior. Um, I think that uh, was. I think that we're we're talking about like in a bubble kind of conversations. I think that that is something that most people never heard about. Right, but I mean, like, why Microsoft would choose not to market? Oh, that's what I mean. Maybe they're like, fair. oh, we cannot market this. That's, that's yeah. That's. Maybe because one thing we know about Microsoft, uh, Xbox specifically is uh, they get burned a lot by like life situations. Stalker two, war in Ukraine, yeah. uh, high, high on life, Justin Roiland, <laughs> Ori yeah. and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, studio heads, toxic and terrible. You know, like, yeah, that seems to keep happening. The losses on that, the L's seem to happen inadvertently on those things. And then they have shoot yourself in the foot. Like, and this isn't my experience. I freaking love Ghostwire Tokyo, but like, doesn't run as well as on PlayStation. Doesn't run badly on Xbox. I don't know why people like. I don't understand the digital foundry level of like it's fifty nine frames, fifty nine point six, sixty one point two. Up, oh, you know this one's so much better. Like I don't. To me, that's not interesting. Um, but after a year, you would think it should run smoothly, no problems. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, briefly, and I'm going to touch on this quick because because we're running a little bit long here. Uh, Twitter has changed some of its API policies, which means like your ability to use the back end of Twitter and link it to your own stuff. And they're charging $42,000 a month to Ooh. major corporations yeah. to use their API. And Microsoft has chosen not to, to give Twitter that money. Uh, and so no longer, in short, no longer direct from your Xbox can you post things to Twitter. Uh, I think this was getting used less and less anyway for a lot of reasons, but it's very simple to go on the Xbox app and download a picture or an image and then upload that to Twitter. In fact, I found it better and more convenient to do so, uh, which mm -hmm. I would not have expected. Uh, but everything you see from me that goes onto Twitter that's gameplay related or screenshot related has been using that practice for two years now, it feels like. Um, this doesn't mean that Xbox won't run ads on Twitter, but it means they're not willing to pay the 42K a month to let you have that ill-used API version of, of uploading your stuff there. Uh, wow, talking smack I, about that. I use that thing all the time. 
I'm not talking smack about it at all. I'm saying that the the take a screenshot, go downstairs, uh, go to the bathroom or whatnot, and just download, psh, psh, send it up there is pretty easy. Um, so I'm yeah. not talking smack at all. I just I I wouldn't pay 42k a month to a dying platform that increasingly ostracizes its fan its users and runs into like on twitter like look uh, look don't don't get me wrong elon has really sucked the life out of twitter um but for as far as like folks that like liked using twitter um and and liked having that option to share on the xbox console Mm -hmm. i i was one of those people um i'm very meticulous about the the screenshots that i upload so for me when i do have something that i want to upload um i upload it specifically and then as soon as it's done uploading i use the twitter to to go in and, and share that um, mm-hmm. This adds more steps to because now I have to go to my phone uh, to be able to upload to Twitter, whereas before it was just right there. So the ease of access is is gone for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. now become more tedious for me to want to go and actually share to Twitter and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The caveat there is, is that now I'll be able to add alt text to images um, so that if I if I want to try and make my content more accessible mm-hmm. then that's a that's a positive um but the ease of access is a bummer because i i did use that on a regular basis um mm-hmm. but i don't blame them for not wanting to support a platform that has continuously uh harmed the the trust and goodwill that they had earned over years mm-hmm. that's fair that's fair well, as we are, are winding into, and we have a few listener questions that we haven't touched on just yet, I wanted to say, if, in case you missed it, guys, uh, Stray Lights comes out this week, and I had them on the last week's show. Really good interview. Uh, went a lot. Now that we've split interviews from the main show, I see different, pla- different like audio has more favor towards one or the other. But if you missed it, really hope you guys will go check out that interview because it was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. And of course, we interviewed or we uh, reviewed Minecraft Legends on last week's episode. Um, Logan, we had some listener questions here that I want to touch on. I did not put them in the notes, so I'm pulling them straight from my Twitter. If you need to see them on your end. Uh, this one comes from Todd Oxtra, who says, do you think Xbox will change its approach to announcing release dates after the promise fell through from last year's Xbox event? Uh, quote, pause for a minute. He's talking about all these games will be out in the next 12 months. Uh, and then he says, additionally, do you think Xbox is, will change its focus to performance mode being a priority on future game launches? And I think that's a reference to Redfall. So let's go with the first one. Do you think we'll see a change in their verbiage of all of these in the next 12 months for Xbox? Do you think we'll see a change in verbiage there? No, I think they want to stay bullish on you know what's coming out in the next year. I think it's a smart move for them to try and, and push that that idea of, you know, mm-hmm. like this is the stuff that we want to come out in the next year. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone that understands uh, development understands that there's un- in, uh, uh, there's unpredictable things that will happen that will push it. Um, I, I hope that they don't because I kind of liked knowing like these are the things that they're shooting for over the next year. Um, I think that, that if anything, people need to kind of just like relax a little bit more about the whole like oh well they said it was you know 12 months they're lying it's like okay well i tell you what they're not lying they're not lying that's that's what they want to come out in the next year it's Mm -hmm. just not what's happening and that's a bummer on everyone you know no one it's it's like 
yes, they did say that they were going to have these games coming out in the year. What's the, what's the alternative to that? Force people to work overtime, force people to grind out that things, and then maybe you get the same quality product that you would have if you just give them more time. Mm-hmm. I would much rather just them delay that kind of stuff. I like putting out the de- the delayed .jpg tweets, so they're they're more than welcome to do that. I'm not. I don't want them to change the verbiage. I want them to stick to what they feel like they can get out in the next year and let me know what that is. Agree. I don't think they should say in the next 12 months, though, um, just because it, it would cause too much ruckus uh, and d- distract the narrative, perhaps. Yeah. But I understand where you're coming from. And I don't think that anybody in their right mind should be saying, well, you said the next 12 months and it was delayed. Like, shut up. Like, you're, <laughs> that's not how it works. Like, I, yeah. I how many times was God of War one delayed two delayed last of us delayed? like whatever. Get it right. Like, get it right. I'm so okay with that. You know, like, you know, I don't think anybody's lying uh, when they're saying that, like, oh, it's going to come out this day. Oh, we had to delay. Okay. Delay if you need to. If your company can front the cost of that and not overwork its people and could get out the right product, rock on. Nobody's lying to be vindictive and mean. That's just so well, silly. You know, it's, you know, what's interesting too is, is, um, so I have an image on my desktop. I've had this, this image that I saved. Let's see, this was June 12th, 2022. So it was around the time that they published the, the coming to Xbox, uh, slash PC over the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, looking at it, they've got like everything that's on, uh, the 2023 slate, which is Diablo mm-hmm. 4, Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, Aria, History Untold, Wulong, Stalker 2, Flintlock, mm-hmm. uh, League of Legends stuff is coming to Game Pass, Valorant stuff. Um, Atomic they've got Heart replaced. Hmm? I was, like, was Atomic Heart in there? I was curious. Um, let's see, where is Atomic Heart? Atomic Heart was slated as 2022. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but that was that was one that we knew because I mean we knew things were going on with that one. Um, right. But they've got things like Dead Space, Ravenlock, The Case of Benj- uh, Benedict Fox, Cocoon, mm-hmm. uh, Resident Evil Four, Arc Two. Um, they've got all of these games, and they're they're you know they're th- there's a little asterisk at the very bottom that says all titles targeting to release over the next twelve months, and it's targeting. So whenever yeah. I see people like sit there and be like, oh well, they lied. It's like no, this was the target. Like they hit that. They hit the target of that that time frame. Like, it, it, is it going to stretch beyond the twelve months? Yeah. Is it still going to be in twenty twenty three? You're probably going to see all these titles come out in twenty twenty three. I think maybe Arc Two is the one that I would look at and be like, I don't think that's coming twenty twenty three. I think that's twenty twenty four. Yeah, that game's in trouble for a lot of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Um, what about uh, t- the second part of Todd's question? Uh, do you think we'll see them shift to a, like a prior like a prioritizing performance mode? in future titles yeah i do i think i think microsoft listens to their gamers i think they they want to have to to have their their audience happy and Mm -hmm. they're willing to to kind of put that mandate out to their studios like hey you know this is this is the narrative going on right now in the community they really want to push 60 frames we would like for everyone to start working on trying to get their games up to 60 frames because we are the most powerful console we know the hardware is there if you need more time we'll delay it but you should be shooting for 60. i i agree i don't know that you'll see that on the starfield thing i think that's a different beast altogether but i think in future yeah that's going to be the priority and it should be um because this consistent unforced errors are Microsoft's MO for the last year and a half, two years. And it's a good way to put it. 
if you're yeah if you if you're putting on a whiteboard okay here's and the big picture what we should work on you know prioritize this um i think the only counterpoint to that is that they would want to say they want to their developers have the freedom they want to make the game they want to make but there has to be some quality control in there um otherwise you're damaging your business do you think that uh, that's something where okay. someone would like a studio would specifically choose to go 30 frames as like that that is the vision of their game like do you see that being a thing or do you think that they would go 60 if they were asked to i don't know enough about game development to say one way or the other okay I just don't um so i'm gonna hold off on that one fair um, yeah uh let's see here dan 12 uh what up man patreon members wrote us in he said uh what would you say is your preferred gaming genre what's your preferred gaming genre adventure hands down yeah I've, I've really i've always loved adventure games um and i and i attribute that to like the the nintendo games you know like you know mm -hmm. side scrolling mario games so those were adventure to me you know zelda 64 zelda link to the past those are adventure games to me um love things like god of war i love games like um uh, uh horizon i love ghost of tsushima i love mm -hmm uh gears for that reason you know see if he uses a shared uh it's a swag it's a shared world adventure game um i just i love i love those adventure games give me all of those if, you, if it has narrative awesome if it doesn't not a huge deal but man if it's an adventure game i'm probably there for it what about you i was gonna say action adventure which i think there's some of the there's some crossover there because it's a tough genre mm. but like arkham uh, would fall under that realm. Spider-Man uh, would fall into that realm, like third-person action, oh, yeah. open-world uh, games, Gears. If it's third-person, I tend to lean further to it because um, I prefer third-person as a like a vision, visual standpoint. But mm -hmm. but ac action-adventure, I think, would be the, the right way to put it is my most favorite of yeah. them, typically single-player. Um but uh, increasingly, I find myself playing multiplayer with my buddies. Um, that doesn't always like sometimes I'm just burned out. I don't want to put even put on a headset. Uh, and so that means I'll use my speakers and that means a single player game. But like I do enjoy Fortnite, Halo, COD, like that kind of stuff. But yeah. ultimately, like I want to I would play Arkham's. I would play a lot of Arkham. Mm, um, yeah. And and I like uh, there's a genre I like that is underutilized and that I just got it working on my PC, which was Rogue Squadron 3D. Um, the Rogue Squadron style of games, like Chorus, would be a recent example of that. Kind oh, okay. Third person viewing, like I'm excited like for every space simulator, but yeah. but not sim, like an action, yeah, arcadey version of of that. Um, like I'm gonna be, well, we're we're working on the scheduling of talking to the Everspace Two team ahead of their console launch, because mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. they're available on Game Pass for PC now, guys. If you want to check that out, uh, but I don't think PC will handle it. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Um, and I prefer Gears to play would. on console anyway. Yours would. would it? Yeah. Okay. Yours, Good yours, job, me. Thank yours, you, Ainsley. Yours will. Yeah. <laughs> just, Thanks, Ainsley. Pair up a controller, man. Oh, I do. It's, uh, I have one over here. Um, it's my blue, like, Sonic the Hedgehog one, and I just USB it. Uh, oh, my God. So I take the battery out of it and then just use USB it because I don't like... Uh, we didn't I, talk it about feels this. Good. But the pro, oh, nice. the, you got the, the elites of the blue and the red are now available. Yes, they are. Uh, it, <laughs> we're not quite high up on Microsoft's list to get to get sent samples of those, but uh, yeah, yeah. So those are those look cool. It'd be um, nice. All right, it would be nice. Uh, let's see. I'm looking in our questions for the show. 
Uh, I think we answered Winter Gamers Game Pass games that are uh, good to play when you're under the weather. I would say Minecraft Dungeons all day. All day. Minecraft Dungeons is great for that. And Minecraft Legends is worth your time if you got a controller in your hands, Winter Gamer. Um, I really like Minecraft Legends. That's a that's a really fun game. It's just a lot to, to pick up and start if you're not feeling great. Yeah, you can take your time with that one. I can't think of any off the top of my head that are good Game Pass games that I would recommend if you're sick because most of the stuff that I can think of is all stuff that I'd like have to... It, when, I, when I'm when i sick, like I'm proper sick, it, it's got to be something that I can, I can pass out and be okay with. Mm. So... I think maybe like um, Valheim would probably be a good one, uh, mm. you know, like uh, grounded, okay. something like that. I don't know. Something that if I, if I were to like just roll over and like take a nap, it'd be okay. So maybe like coffee talk too would That's be a good one. one. Just came out, right? Yeah. Um, try that one out. Uh, games. Let's see. Bug snacks is leaving. So maybe try and get that one in Uh vampire survivor. I've passed out too and still won. So there's definitely, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think that's about it as far as like off the top of my head. I, um, it's not on Game Pass, but we just got sent codes for Tesla Grod. I want to try that game. That game looks cool. Like, You'll have to let me know how that is because I, I don't have time for the indies with uh, the next few weeks. Well, it's yeah, it's a busy, busy time. I don't know how quickly I'll get to it, uh, <laughs> but they sent Tesla Grad 2 and Tesla Grad Remastered. Yeah. Um, and those were announced in the remastered was surprise announced in the Nindy showcase. Um, yeah. Which is adjacent talk about that. To our topic from, yeah. And, and I, I don't want to today, but it was cool to see that happen because mm-hmm. people were, had eyes on it. And then we had talked about that kind of with the ID at Xbox one. Like, are we going to get an ID at Xbox March showcase? You know, like, cause we got one for April, April, May, May, I'm sorry, not March, May. Um, so, I think they we'll should see. put it into the into the uh, the summer thing on the eleventh. So um, I want to I want to briefly mention something in Discord this week. We talked about stuff we may or may not see at our at the showcase this summer. What would be there? And Matt, without fear, asked me like what I had heard or whatnot, and then. A couple days ago, Court said something in our in our Discord, and I was like, "No, that's not what I heard." Um, and you, it had to do with like Bethesda making games exclusively or whatnot. And when I say stuff that I've heard or not, there's a reason I don't go put it on Twitter, but I don't mind putting it to the podcast community because stuff I hear comes from developers that I talk to, and I don't mm-hmm. want to out people that I talk to because some of them work on support studios. One that did like a good example of that, Kevin Mann came on the show. He worked with RimWorld. He worked for the RimWorld console release. They were support on Minecraft Legends. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of that that happens. And that's when I hear stuff. But that's also why I don't like tweet leaks or in insider info. One, because I don't have good enough stuff to be an insider Two, it changes so quickly that I don't I don't want to be in that arms race of like Jeff Grubb and uh, Jason Schreier and special Nick and stuff that that arms race is not where I live. I, I know I hear stuff sometimes, but it's yeah. inconsistent. And that's why I don't put some of that stuff on Twitter, because it's just like I don't want to battle you guys for insider knowledge i I would lose and i don't have an interest in it that's not my realm and it's not my place to share it's also one person's word like you you know like they they may have like a few people that are kind of giving them information which would help Mm -hmm. kind of solidify the idea what what's going on but 
For the most part, I, I would say that a lot of us tend to uh, make friends within studios and those friends share share things that, that, are, that are coming and stuff. But it's like I'm hearing one person, maybe two people at most when it comes to stuff. And at that point, mm-hmm. it's like it's cool to know. But, it, I'm you know, like I get more excited when they get to make those announcements, which Same. is why I'm not a huge fan of like, oh, well, I can't. You know, I'd love to tell you what's going on in Sea of Thieves, but honestly, it's 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 not my place. I'd rather I'd rather right. let Sea of Thieves make that announcement because they worked they worked on it. I didn't work on it. I just found due out about my, it. Due to my love for Avengers, I heard a lot about what Crystal Dynamics was doing, yeah. not just on Avengers, but on other projects which are Xbox adjacent. Not my place to share. Not my realm. Not what I get clicks for. Not what people listen to my show for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like that's a good example, again, of sometimes I do know things, sometimes I don't know, but I think I know. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, knowing about some of the Bethesda projects that were PlayStation's exclusive or timed exclusive and stuff. One person, two people, three people from studios. Right. Not my place to share and stuff changes, obviously, often. Yeah. Whatever. Like not my that. I, I get it, but I'm not in that arms race. And. Shout out to those of you who are or who enjoy it because a lot of people will click on our show if we shared stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just not where I want to be. Not what I th- not yeah, what I enjoy doing. I, I like reviewing, want- interviewing, talking to people yeah. about stuff. I don't want to be the person that people come to asking like what's going to happen in the future. I, it's, I, I'd much rather like let the future happen and then be like, all right, what's cool? What's not cool about this? Yeah. I don't share predictions based on stuff I've heard either. I like um, making predictions. But I, I like I like doing predictions based on absolutely no knowledge of what's going exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind dropping a nugget here and there in Discord, but I don't like blasting it out. And even then, like, it's a nugget of something I heard, not something I know. Yeah. So uh, like Ellery was, was saying in our Discord, like his Banjo Kazooie coming back based on a um, Xbox New England or New Zealand tweet or something australia tweet and it was just a fun thing and that was like i, I, yeah. I doubt it people were like what have you heard i'm like nope that's not me <laughs> i don't know i do not know a thing yeah i, I just be, don't know i would be very surprised if banjo kazooie actually was it was getting another game anytime soon because i know what rare's working on and i know that what their focus is and uh if if a banjo kazooie game is coming out it, it will it's be it'll be supported by rare kind of the way mm-hmm. battletoads was with delilah studios but it won't be rare. Um, so what you have is insider knowledge of what Rare is working on, thanks to Captain Logan yep. from the Keel Hall Insider Knowledge. It's the insider knowledge that everyone knows from that that uh, Xbox. Um, what was it? Was it XO19? God. With Everwild, that one? Yeah. It's like, uh, who knows, man? Four years ago time. now? <laughs> Any, yeah. Dude, it really was four years ago. Isn't God, that it feels nuts? like. Yeah, time, COVID ruined everything time-based for me. It also changed my allergies. Thanks, COVID. Uh, and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. I still have never had COVID, so get All wrecked, right. nerds. <laughs> All right. That's my, that's my closer right there. Well, uh, <laughs> I will ask everybody that's listening to this show, if you enjoy it, please consider dropping a review on Sp- uh, Spotify, iTunes. Of course, you can enter to win a copy of Jedi Survivor. Uh, purchased by us over here. And if you want to financially support us and help us do those kind of things, uh, you can join our Patreon with three, five, and $10 tiers for tier one, two, and three. 
and really the biggest benefit is jumping into our community. It's the it's such a joy. I love that Discord community. Just always so positive and supportive. Um, I saw African joined it. Game Positive jumped into the Discord, which made my day. Um, it's just fun. It's a fun thing uh, for sure. You can find me on Twitter at InsipidGhost. Uh, and I have an interview with the Sea of Stars devs coming out this week. What you got for hey. us, Logan? Um, so this week will be uh, uh, the community episode for Keelhauled. And then uh, the week after will be the interview with uh, Behaving Beardly. And then I'm working on getting a couple more content creators for Sea of Thieves uh, scheduled out for interviews to dive into who they are and what makes them uh, so awesome. So keep an eye out for those over Keelhauled Discord. Very cool. And if you're a Keelhauled listener that listens here as well, shout out to you guys. I really love that some of you have made the jump. Uh, and I hope to see you guys uh, more often because it really does make my day that you guys made the jump yeah. and support Logan and two they're good places. people. So they're awesome. I, I, I frequent your discord, but like as an observer and it just, it, mm. they're so great. They're awesome people. So I love them. Uh, except for Ors, Admiral Ors. <laughs> He's the pun I'm master. Kidding. He's got He's the, so funny. the worst so puns funny. in the world, but I love him for it because he's so, so good at it. Yeah, he's pretty great. All right. All right. That's going to be it for us. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Take care.